0: welcome to episode 10 of the dumbbells and dragons podcast this episode is with keith and ben from the two gay geeks podcast we talk about everything from phoenix comic-con to uh, of course marvel's captain america civil war this is the first podcast that was recorded in our new studio so we're still trying to come up with a name for it Feel free to send me any name suggestions on Facebook or Twitter at DumbbellsDragon. I'm leaning towards like the Dragon's Lair or Dragon's Den, something along those lines. Until then, enjoy the podcast. Workout Nerd Out. In the basement, rolling dice. Rolling dice. I'm a wizard. When we play, we do it right. Candle slicker, fighting dragons in my mind. In my And Dragons. This is Kenny Rotter, host of the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast, where we mix nerd and fitness culture to break down barriers. Today, I am excited to be joined by Keith and Ben from the Two Gay Geeks podcast. Welcome, gentlemen. Hey. Hello. <laughs> How are you guys doing today?
1: Not bad. Not bad today.
2: Not bad. Doing okay. It's It's been a, a nice, relaxing Saturday so far.
0: Excellent. And we are recording this on free comic book day.
1: Oh, that's right. That's I forgot right. about it. How did I forget that? <sighs> Oops.
0: Well, so maybe after the podcast, you guys will get out there and go get some free comic books.
1: Yeah, no, I, I promised hopefully. somebody we would go buy some too. Oh, so. thank Oops. you for telling me. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know this.
0: <laughs> well, Veronica and I just got back from the comic book coffee shop out here in Burbank called The Perky Nerd.
1: Ooh. Oh, wow.
2: That's Man, a- <laughs> we need something like that here. Yeah. And for anybody who doesn't know, we're in Phoenix, Arizona.
0: I did know you guys were in Phoenix, Arizona. You
2: know, <laughs> but I don't know if your listeners knew.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure I get a bunch of your guys' traffic and you get a bunch of mine, so I'm sure they've heard you guys talk about Phoenix well, I, before. Well, I, well
2: I, I certainly hope so. Anyway.
0: But, so we're going to get into this a little bit later, uh, but I did want to bring up, just so I can remember, Marvel is now launching in June Civil War Two in comic book form.
2: Right, I have I have heard that.
0: So we'll get into that when we talk a little bit about the movie, but I'm not exactly thrilled about it. Yeah.
2: About the comic book or the movie?
0: The comic book. I loved the movie.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> I, I was beginning to sweat. I, I went into no, a flop no. sweat there. there. <laughs> I didn't mean to scare anybody. Uh, yeah, well, okay. Yeah, um, right. I, I'm with you on that for what it's worth.
0: Excellent. Well, now, Keith and Ben, because – I know you guys a little bit, and I listen to your podcast. But for those who may not know, uh, either either of you or both of you, tell us a little bit about yourselves.
1: Oh boy! Well, we're uh, old nerds, very old geeks. We're, um, we're in our mid
2: fifties, you know. Yeah. But but anybody who listens to us might not think that because we have such uh, exuberance in how we express ourselves.
1: Yeah. So I I will say that. Uh, You you talk about dumbbells and dragons and the whole D and D thing. I had the original set of three books. Actually, I had the original book called Chainmail that spawned Dungeons and Dragons. The three books, original books.
0: And you still have these, right?
1: Uh, I, I wish I did. I lost them in a move.
2: Oh no! I know that, that, that's, I had, like a, that's like a well, like a knife in the heart.
1: Yeah, I had the I had chainmail. I had the original three books, as well as all the editions. And then, in 1986, when I moved to New Mexico, they disappeared oh. with all my die dice and dices, die?
2: Die. Die. All your sets of dice. (laughs) Yeah, all my sets Sets of of dice. dice.
1: There we go. Thank you. (laughs) And and all my uh, little miniatures that I had painted and everything. Oh, God. So
2: much for land of enchantment. Exactly. More more like land of depression.
0: Well, one of my things with D&D is you put so much effort into the character. so There was one time we were on vacation and Veronica and I and a bunch of my other friends decided to create our characters and just start playing and we're like okay we're only on vacation for this week but maybe we'll get together in the future or we'll skype and we'll just keep playing so we go through all the trouble of creating our characters and then sadly didn't play once the rest of the vacation and all the work we did on our characters just got lost or thrown away on our way home so it was extremely
2: depressing for everybody.
1: Well that's sad. You know, sometimes you do put a lot of work in in the characters.
2: Oh, well just when I was in uh, when I was in college, my my best friend from grade school, uh every other weekend we would get together and have you know, a, we would just have this big long campaign. And we would, we did this for a couple of years. We would always meet over at the local pizza joint, had this great big table there. We'd be ordering pizza and drinks all day. So of course they let us stay for as long as we want. And we just finished one game uh, or one campaign. We were about to start another, and my friend Bill had just really put so much love and sweat. Uh, I mean we we like to recirculate our characters, keep bringing them back. But he spent I don't know how much time just agonizing over this campaign, which uh, was supposed to end up in this like war to end all wars kind of thing. And I'm not going to go into all the particulars, but at some point during this game, very early on, in fact, we accidentally met with the enemy and negotiated a peace treaty. <laughs> and he was livid. <laughs> he was absolutely frosted that we negotiated a peace treaty. So I said, "I put all this time, in, and, and now you're giving me peace?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, was, you know, and that's the fun thing sometimes about D&D is that it, it can really – it doesn't have to be so pre-programmed. I mean, these campaigns, especially if you if if you play a lot, uh, these sh- these these campaigns can really just take a life of their own, and that's I think when it can be at, at its most enjoyable. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I know I have a buddy who writes for who writes for our website, and he does his monthly uh, Dungeon Masters Corner, and he really just calls. D&D it's just a grown-up way of using your imagination.
1: Well, that's that's fair enough, yeah. yeah. It it's true.
2: I mean, I remember uh there was a big role-playing uh club that met every other Saturday. Uh and they, they it was put together by a, a local bookstore and they rented out this this facility for this particular use and I saw people of all ages but more recently, anytime I see that kind of activity go on now, it really is more about the adults. Uh, I think maybe it's all of us just trying to relive our youth. <laughs> no.
0: I would agree with that. And I, I also think that maybe there's still – it's not as open in middle school and high school because there is still – It's some, a tannic. Yeah, it's still stigma and essentially you have no hope of making friends if they know you're doing this.
2: You know, I – I take exception to that because uh, I really think that geek culture has pretty much won I know that uh, your mother-in-law Jeannie and I have kind of disagreed on this one uh, she seems to feel that geek culture still is pretty much rooted there um, and that it hasn't really broken through other demographic groups I think it has yeah, to I, don't think, I, I, I think it has increased a bit you know you look at uh, you look at the movies that are coming that are coming out now uh, you look at uh, the the proliferation of of books that are that are being written and we're just seeing a, a greater market now for science fiction, for fantasy. I kinda this tells me that geek culture has just really kind of exploded in ways. I mean, maybe it is not mainstream as as I think we would all love for it to be, but I think it's got a much greater acceptance level than it did, oh, say, you know, back when Keith and I were in high school.
0: Absolutely. I, I mean, I can definitely agree with that.
1: Yeah. So I, I just kind of back to your original question. Which was? <laughs> kind of, i, kind I of got I lost. We kind of got lost there. Um, we are the two gay geeks. Oh, that Oh that question. That, that <laughs> que- yeah. Who are we? <laughs> I don't know. I was busy looking at a shiny object. <laughs> so the intro that we use to our podcast is uh, hello and welcome to the webcast from teachigeeks.com where Ben and Keith The two gay geeks talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery, sci-fi, comics, film, horror genre. You you name it, we talk talk about about it. it.
2: (laughs) And we really will. I mean, we have talked about everything. We we really have talked about everything. I mean, uh, we've talked about opera because Keith and I are both – we both love music. Uh, my my tastes in music are are a bit broad. Well, no, broad isn't the word. Eclectic, that's the word. Eclectic. Yes. I'm very eclectic in my love for, in my love for music. Uh, but Keith, one thing that Keith and I both love is opera, and we've we've done shows about opera either that we've seen in the theater or we've seen in opera houses. We did one segment on single malt whiskies. Yeah. Oh, that sounds excellent. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Keith, and, Keith introduced me to single malt whiskies uh, a couple of years ago. We were on, um, was that Disney, was that a Disney, oh, no, yeah. you just, no, you just bought some.
1: Yeah, but that, you but You then... bought
2: some Lagavulin, and that's when you introduced me to Scotch, but then we were on a Disney cruise vacation and found a single malt whiskey tasting, and that's when the whole thing really began to escalate uh, to the point where I really enjoy some good single malts, and so we did a story on single malt whiskeys during our show, I mean, that just goes yeah. to show that. If, we'll talk about. We'll anything. talk about anything. You know, <laughs> but I think that's really the asp uh, or the essence of geekiness is yeah. that finding that thing that you can just really just dive into and and almost examine under a microscope.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast was because I said to myself and I said to other people, I don't care what you love. I just want you to love more of it
1: have a passion for it yeah yeah and that that's kind of why we started this in essence if you want to know i'm sure one of your questions was going to be why did we start a podcast oh boy what, what caused that so uh, your mother-in-law is obviously familiar with slice of sci-fi and she still contributes over there in its current incarnation but, uh i think she's starting something else though yeah but
2: but she has been very much right. a part of Slice of Sci-Fi, and that's how we met her.
1: Yeah, and we okay. have been with Slice of Sci-Fi when Mike was still running it and before he sold his house and, and all of that kind of stuff. And then when that kind of tapered off and kind of – it it took a hiatus for a while, and we didn't have anything else going. So Ben was kind of – he was doing this other thing with another friend. They, it's a – another podcast called yeah, Fusion Patrol. Yeah,
2: but he had the controlling uh, voice in that show right. we say. And, and, so, and I wanted something where I could really speak about what I cared about.
1: Yeah, so he, he had talked about it a couple of times, and so I said, okay. I started looking around and thinking, and we already had uh, another website that uh, was hosted by Yahoo, and I said, okay. So I just came up with tggeeks.com dot com and
2: so and that's that was it.
1: Kind of how it started. Two years ago. Two years ago, yeah.
2: Excellent. Well, happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
1: next month. Next, next month, month, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> After Comic Con.
0: <laughs> Are you guys doing anything special?
2: Uh, uh I don't know. we might. Know, we're not quite sure yet. I mean, we we will be going to Comic Con, and we hope to be getting some really good interviews here and there. Yeah, uh, hopefully, so that might, will make for something special.
1: We might release a best of Comic Con.
2: Who knows? Yeah, I had no Phoenix. idea.
0: Oh, we're talking Phoenix Comic Con. Yeah, Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh no, oh, we're not yeah. special
2: enough for San Diego. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't even know if I want to do San Diego Comic Con. Jeannie says just horrible things about it that is just a nightmare at times.
0: It's it you know, I've talked with other people about it. It's super crowded. It depends on what you want to do. There's if you if you're looking to just get autographs, that can be kind of insane. Um I don't love crowds. I tend to stay away from the larger panels, like I usually stay away from Hall
2: H. I was going to say Hall H. <laughs> I would plant myself in Hall H, but uh, yeah, the problem is that it's just way too packed in there.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and so normally I'll find uh, any room that has a majority of things I am interested in throughout the day, and I will sit there all day. Wow. And it's it's great. I love it. I'm usually not very crowded, not claustrophobic. And so that's a lot easier for me than trying to navigate, you know, the hundred, hundred and fifty thousand people that show up.
2: Hmm. OK, yeah, what? I can. No, I, I can sort of appreciate that.
0: Yeah. But speaking of Comic-Con, Phoenix Comic-Con, um, Yes. We touched on this a little bit earlier, but what with the opera and the Scotch, but what are your favorite areas of nerdiness? What is it something that gets you going more so than the other things?
1: Hmm. That uh, probably pop culture, the current uh, TV crop. Oh, shall we oh, say? Yeah, we, a we a talk TV, a lot about a lot, of,
2: it's a lot of TV and movie stuff. But there are some book stuff, too,
1: that we're really, really into yeah, as well. Obviously, we, we enjoy your mother-in-law's books. Oh, big t-
0: <laughs> For anyone who, who's listening who doesn't know, my mother-in-law is Jeannie Koch, who writes the Alien series.
1: The Alien,
2: Alien Kitty, Kitty, Cat, Cat, series. Kitty Cat. Cat series. Yes. Yes. yes.
0: Thank you. I'm, yeah, I'm
1: well, gonna... the problem
2: with that is that you hear the Alien Kitty Cat series, and I'm like, oh, great. It's a book about felines.
1: Like, <laughs> Be care. Her name is Kitty, and her last name is it's Cat. Cats. <laughs> yes, blame her parents. <laughs> As Jeannie
2: fondly says. But they're actually really awesome books, and that's how I think – you know, Jeannie says that of all the people who ever were involved with Slice of Sci-Fi, Keith and I were the first ones to read her books.
0: Yeah. Aw. interesting. So nice of you guys. I
2: was so fans. Anyway. Uh, I, know,
0: I know I've read uh, the first one, Touched by an Alien. I liked it, but I have so many unread books on my bookshelf, it's uh, impossible for me to get through all of hers.
1: Yeah, join the club. It's, yeah, it's she's really prolific. Yeah. yeah. Book 13 just came out this yep. week. So.
2: Was that Camp Alien?
1: Yep. Yes. In, I'm about halfway through it right I'm now.
2: I'm on Chapter 13 right now.
1: So... Anyway, um it, as far as the rest of the the nerdiness, uh one thing that we have uh, recently kind of yes. engaged in was and, and we've we've changed from independent film and said we're big supporters of independent creators. Um and that something kinda, we just
2: kind of fell into.
1: Yeah, it really just it just happened. We um actually it was last year at Phoenix Comic-Con.
2: Yeah, uh, was it Comic-Con or was it Fan Fest?
1: Uh, Comic-Con. Because uh Bill.
2: Oh, that's right. My, that's right. Your friend uh, from
1: school. Uh grade school friend. So I've known him since the first day of 5th grade. That's a long time ago. And he texted me while we were at Comic-Con cuz he saw a, a post I made on Facebook that we were at Comic-Con and he said are you going to the film festival? And I said, well, we hadn't really planned on it. And he said, well, my cousin's got a, a little short, a horror short in it. So we went and watched the short. And that was Friday night. Friday uh, night.
2: Uh, yeah, think. because that was the only night we were there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Friday or Saturday. Night. Anyway, so after I watched it, I, you know, the next day I woke up and it was like, it was this burning desire to write a review of it. And so that kind of launched the independent film Mm -hmm. bug for us. And we contacted Neil and the filmmaker. The filmmaker. And uh, we had him on the show. And since that time, he's introduced us to a bunch of other independent filmmakers. One, Jeff Patton, who uh, did uh, Beyond Beyond the Impact. Impact. And that's a web series, and we've been doing a bunch of interviews with their cast, and it just kind of blossomed from there. And while we would love to do interviews with
2: the big people, the big, pe- big name people. I mean, it doesn't have to be really a list. I mean, I would yeah. love oh. to interview Chris Evans, but <laughs> I, I would settle for like Claire Coffee on Grimm.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah. time, some of those uh, that just hasn't happened. And we've really kind of made a niche for ourselves to talk about independent creators not just film but also comic book uh and so we're really looking forward to phoenix comic-con this year and doing some guerrilla interviews and we're going to have our studio set up in the in a hotel room in our hotel room which we're going to stay at the hyatt across the street so that's kind of how we got into the independent creators and kind of made that little niche for ourselves
2: i mean yeah the big stuff you know like like the Marvel movies. I mean, that's great fun and we, we, we do very much enjoy that and we, we like to watch a lot of the nerdy television shows that are on, you know, the superhero shows or some of the comedies or, you know, science fiction, horror, whatever. We do enjoy watching those but it's, it's really become about independent creation. Whether you're an independent uh, author, we've interviewed uh, one or two people in that vein. Yeah. Uh, filmmakers have been the big thing. I mean, uh, last year, Right before Phoenix Fan Fest, uh, Keith had an article that he just managed to publish about a screening for uh, an independent horror film that was going to be shown there. And the uh, the person who handles the, the public relations for it, she saw it and put us in contact with the filmmakers and the star, who is Gareth David Lloyd of the BBC series Torchwood. And uh, that the whole thing just. It, that was another one of those uh, instances where everything just kind of escalated at an almost geometric rate.
1: Yeah, and, and we we'd also done um, Horrible Imaginings Film Festival in San Diego that Neil had put us in contact with. Uh, Miguel Rodriguez. Miguel, uh, who runs that film festival, and we went down there, and it was, it was like, there are some really great films that these people have created. I mean, it's it just incredible. It's yeah,
2: it's, it's been really a joy to explore a lot of independent filmmakers and, and just and independent creators, as, as you said, because a lot of these people just do not get, I think, the kind of recognition that they need to get. I mean, it's a different world today than it was, say, 10, 15 years ago, where it was much harder. It's, it's much easier now because of the Internet, but still, I don't think they're getting the push that they deserve, and I think we're really kind of happy to serve that role. Exactly,
0: And I think it's a much needed role that you all are serving, especially when, especially in terms of content creators, I know an independent content creators since the podcast, like my world has opened up with other people doing similar things. And A, you have a lot of really good content being made out there that doesn't necessarily have... The easiest time finding an audience. Exactly. I know a lot of the movies you both have been speaking about recently, I've never even heard of. Yeah. And lest we forget the ultimate independent movie called Star Wars. Exactly. Thank you very much.
1: <laughs> speaking of which, George Lucas's birthday is coming up. That's this right. Week.
2: Yeah. Happy birthday, Mr. Lucas. Um, but you're right. that what He did that. As an independent film, because he was tired of the way him, uh, Francis Ford Coppola, even though he Coppola had had a huge hit with, with The Godfather, there was a whole bunch of these uh, rebel d- filmmakers that just got tired of the way the industry was working. And out of that was born probably one of the greatest geek culture films of all time, being Star Wars.
0: Absolutely. And it's it's hard when I think that there still is a lot of not as good independent things out there when every person out there can make an independent film with their
2: cell phone
1: exactly so you know, yeah there's
2: but so there's, there's, a, there's all
1: go ahead go ahead there's there's a lot of stuff out there but there's a lot of really good stuff as yeah. well
2: yeah, but I was also going to say, yes, there's all – you have to wade through the trash, but don't you have to do that with uh, the big professional studio productions as well? I mean just yeah. because it's got uh, the name Warner Brothers or Sony attached to it doesn't mean that it's going to be a diamond. What are you talking about? Are
1: you talking about a film that just recently came out? No, not,
2: not <laughs> in the slightest. What would you, oh, I'm sorry. I can't stop yawning. The yawn of justice. The yawn of, the justice. Yawn of justice.
0: Well, or – for example, the fact that no one can do a Fantastic Four movie right. Oh my <laughs> god!
2: Fantastic <laughs> foe, as I like to call it.
0: <laughs> and they just keep getting worse.
2: Oh my god! <laughs> I know, I know. It 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 causes me great, great heartache to see what they're doing with that franchise.
0: Which and it is a really good franchise, and it actually, sadly, um, Reed Richards played a big part in the Civil War comic book. Yes, he did. Had he been, you know, maybe had they been making those movies right, Marvel would have reached out to them to try to incorporate that universe into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I think that would have been really great. Had
2: yeah, that you'd also it would also be great to have the X Men in there because uh, if anybody who knows the Civil War comic book, it was really more about mutant registration. Yes.
0: And now we're... I, I think they're moving in that direction with the widespread usage of Inhuman.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that's clearly Marvel's answer. Although, have you heard the latest rumor that is buzzing through Hollywood right now? No. That is that Marvel Studios... Again, this is only rumor, but I'm seeing this happen. This story's popping up a lot. Marvel is right now uh, in in talks with 20th Century Fox. Marvel has the rights to a TV Mutants spinoff. 20th Century Fox wants it. Ooh. So the deal is, you sell us those rights, and we will negotiate a deal with you, much like Sony did with Marvel, with the use of Spider-Man.
0: Okay.
1: Now, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah. So speaking of Spider-Man... Ah, Oh yes. uh, yeah. Um.
2: I guess. What's your question? What how, how, did we like? Did we like Spider-Man in that movie? <laughs> did what you? are you talking about? Oh, uh, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man. Uh,
1: we, Sorry, we've <laughs> hijacked your interview.
0: Yeah. No, 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 not at all. Let's t- okay. Let's let's get to it. Let's talk a little bit about Civil War. <laughs> all right. Um. Because yep. we, we both are. All, we both. All three of us just saw it. Yep. And I've been itching to talk
2: about it. So. <laughs> Let's talk.
0: Uh, I this was probably my favorite version of Spider Man.
2: You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that. I will give you that. I mean, I, when I walked out of the theater, I'm going, Toby, who uh, and, and who's this Andrew guy you're talking about? All <laughs> I can funny, think of yeah. is Tom
1: Holland. He was really good as as a. a... Teenage kid in did, high school.
2: Did you hear how he nailed the audition? No. He uh, he, it was his time to audition for all the filmmakers, and they were just describing a scene where uh, Spidey does this backflip and then lands and introduces himself. And Tom's and Tom turns out is an accomplished gymnast, and he says, "Oh, you want me to do that?" And like, "No, no, no, stop! Don't sure. do it." He does it anyway, and when he plants it, he lands in the Spidey pose. <laughs> oh. He won the part, <laughs> as he should. That that should
0: absolutely uh, win anybody that role.
2: Yeah. You know, but I think, as, as much as I loved him as Spider Man, I thought he was just awesome as just plain old Peter Parker. Yeah. That's,
0: that's, <laughs> I have to agree with you. I was feeling the exact same way. In fact, I've I've often said this on the podcast: Peter Parker and Spider Man. Uh, my favorite superhero because the most relatable for me especially with what I went through in high school and early on in college and when Tom Holland is Peter Parker is talking to Tony Stark and this is going to go up after the movie has been out for a little bit so spoilers are fine when he's talking to Tony Stark and he's like I would love to go out for the football team, but I can't. Yeah. Right. And I just I immediately like sunk in my seat and it took me right back to where I was in high school and just how I would have loved to go out for the football team or be the popular guy, be the flat, you know, um Flash Thompson.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Mine was a little bit different. I I never wanted to be on the football team. I was always a nerd, and I go back to um, the days when Lionheart Television was circulating Doctor Who on oh boy. on PBS. Oh The third Doctor, Tom Baker, back fourth. in the 40s. Yeah. Fourth. Fourth Doctor. Sorry. Uh oh. <laughs> oh my God! I say, <laughs> Anybody
2: who's listening to Doctor Who right now Whoops. just had a
1: you know just had a cardiac event. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> anyway, the fourth Doctor, <laughs> Tom Baker. So, uh, it, and all of my friends were were of that ilk, shall we say? Yeah. I'm sort of the same way. I didn't. I was never really
2: popular with the the jock crowd. Um, I mean, I I was always you know the, the eighty pound weakling uh, growing up. Um, for me, it was it was more about uh, being involved in music and in theater. I mean, that's where all the geeky kids hung out that that's really where my passion was but I still agree with you that uh Peter in the comic book I mean despite despite whatever that he that he wants to do he's still the geeky outcast yeah. and he really portrayed that I got this sense of I'm looking at a high school kid who is an outsider and and whether I wanted to be in sports or not or you, Keith, I mean, whatever our passions were at that time, we were the geeky outsiders. We, we were never part of the popular culture. We were never part of the in crowd yeah. at any time, no matter what kind of achievements we may have uh, acquired at that time. So Peter, I mean, for the, that was the first time I ever saw him on the screen where I related to him. Absolutely. I think, I think he nailed it. It was fantastic, and he was funny. Yes. Very funny. It, it was such, such an absolute joy to see him. And uh, yeah, I agree. I think that's the best Spider-Man film I've ever seen. And yeah, just, I cannot wait for his solo outing. Yeah, it's this. Be great. The fact that he's 20. He, yeah. He looks like he's 12. <laughs> yeah, he really. He could be in high school.
0: Well, and. A lot of the criticism I heard was he wasn't needed.
2: Rubbish.
0: Okay. Explain your thought process because I kind of get it that Spider-Man wasn't necessarily – like he wasn't integral to driving the plot of – the movie. I thought he helped in some sections, but I don't think he was. You could have written around it had he not been had True. they not been able to get the rights.
2: True, uh, and I remember that's why they got Black Panther, because he was supposed to initially largely play the role that that Peter was going to play. Yeah, they did a lot of reshuffling because for anybody who remembers the Civil War comic book. Uh, uh, Peter or Spider-Man was originally Team Iron Man, and uh, it was halfway through the battle that he does this flip, you know, pardon the pun, <laughs> and, and decides that he's going to take Team Cap's side because he does not agree with what's going on. He he doesn't like where this is all headed, and they could have given that role back to. Spider-Man, they, they could have had him take on that role again, have him do the, the reverse. Instead, they gave it to Black Widow, which I thought was kind of interesting. Why I call it rubbish, though, it's more of a behind-the-scenes kind of thing. Uh, I What I saw this was a great opportunity to do great things for the universe. I, I really like looking at the bigger picture and what Marvel is doing in order to completely build on this universe. Uh, is he integral to the story? No, not in the slightest. But by virtue of bringing him back, uh, by acquiring the rights for him, I could not think of a better way to introduce him. Well, and to, and then and this way, now they don't have to reboot him. Yes.
1: And, and it it also gives the opportunity to for Peter Parker to have the upgrade to the real Spidey suit that he that he got from Tony Stark.
2: Right. I mean there's yes. a lot of there's a lot of ground we don't have to for the third time watch Uncle Ben die.
0: Well, and Marvel has said that they're pretty much after Doctor Strange, they're pretty much done with origin stories.
2: Yeah, I don't think we really need to go down that road. I mean, we might get a little bit with T'Challa
1: when yeah. it's a Black Panther, and there's I just saw something a, a little blurb the other day that they're they're seriously considering yes, doing Black Widow. Black Widow now.
0: Yes, I'm, I'm about time.
1: And, <laughs> exactly, and we've I, said that
2: for a long I've time. I've been screaming that they need to give us Budapest. Yes, we need Budapest, and you know, and use that as a flash. You just yeah, she needs her own movie. You know, uh, okay, that's all that I have to say about well, that.
0: Well, and <laughs> Marvel has been doing such a great job of breaking up their superheroes into genre films. You have Thor, which uses mysticism and aliens and, uh, Oh no, just mysticism and North Norse mythology. Then you have guardians of the galaxy, which is humor and aliens. It's like Marvel sci-fi. Yeah. And so how great would it be to have the black widow, James Bond type spy thriller?
2: Exactly. well that's one of the reasons why I loved well why why I really much love the entire Captain America franchise because the the first Avenger gave us a World War II movie. Yes. I mean okay forget the fact that yeah he's superpowered uh because of what Howard Stark uh, has done for him and and the sign who's ah, shoot I can't believe I, his name just went right out of my head. Uh but for you know everything that uh Steve Rogers went through to become the first Avenger they still gave us a really good World War II film. Now I go to Winter Soldier. They gave us what I thought was one of the greatest political thrillers I've seen in a long time. I mean, I I didn't think I could love uh, a, another Captain America movie more than I did when they got out when they put out Winter Soldier. Now we've got Civil War, and I kept thinking they can't go three for three. Hey, surprise! Not only did they <laughs> knock this one out of the park. They went even further. I I mean I I thought they gave us something that was more of a psychological thriller now. Absolutely. It's it's amazing what they've been able to do Uh, and you're right. I think that they could craft different kinds of genres all acting under the same superhero genre is really just a stroke of genius on uh, the part of Marvel, Kevin Feige, Jeff Loeb. I mean all the people that are overseeing this entire cinematic universe.
0: Yeah, and I just I, I have nothing to add. <laughs> that was perfect. how you say it all? Well,
1: Sorry. It, it, it's 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 um I'm gonna step on toes here, but ho- hopefully Joe won't listen to this show. <laughs> uh oh, crazy Joe, our our friend Crazy Joe, who's. Who, of Megapodzilla? Yeah, he. Um, you wish.
2: We almost came to blows uh, a couple of months ago.
1: Just anyway, he, he had some very different views. Now he absolutely loves Batman versus Superman, or as we like to call it, BVS. So yeah, um, BVS YOJ. <laughs> yes.
2: Yawn of Justice.
1: He um, he commented on Captain America that. He thought it was just okay. He thought Batman versus Superman was a better film. Well,
2: he liked Civil but, War. He enjoyed it a well, lot, yes, but he but still he, says BVS is better. Yeah,
1: and and I just, to be honest, I, I don't think so. I I thought it was it, it was um. Well, you liked it less than I did. Yeah, and I didn't well, like it.
0: <laughs> well, from what I understand, and to be honest, I'm a huge nerd. I love and I love what's going on in cinema right now. I have not seen Batman vs. Superman. Oh,
1: you haven't? Oh, okay. Oops.
0: And don't, don't worry, I've read all the spoilers. I pretty much know everything that happens.
2: Oh, let's um, go ahead and buy the Blu-ray. Get the three-hour version that yeah, Zack exactly. Snyder made.
0: <laughs> I, I... But from what I understand, is people were just like, you. there's no backstory. You needed to be a comic book nerd to figure out who everybody was. Whereas this movie civil war i felt a if you ne- yes watching it um not having seen any other marvel movie would be a little bit difficult to follow all the characters but even black panther they gave a mini origin story
1: right just something enough for you to go on yeah, yeah. and that's that's really all you needed for but they, they've also brought everybody along and I think that they are they understand that while you know you can they do a little bit of a recap and you know yeah there's just there's, enough to give you the backstory but that's that's important as well but where, yeah
2: they do make a lot of references. I mean we we had a great opportunity to kind of see some of the destruction that happened during the first Avengers film right. so, things that happened in Winter Soldier as well as age of Ultron. So, yeah, they're always giving us little breadcrumbs to kind of fill in the gaps for anybody, you know, this is what you missed. So it makes it easier to kind of follow Civil War. But my big problem is that with, uh, you know, and, and I don't want to turn this into a DC versus Marvel thing because there have been some DC movies that There's I, really, really, did, good DC movies, I yeah. really did like enormously. And I didn't hate Dawn of Justice. It just bored me. Uh and I loved Wonder Woman. I thought she was amazing. Oh, she them. was incredible. She was Oh, hot. my God. You have she, to see it just You so. have to see it for <laughs> Wonder Woman. She steals this movie. She, she's she's amazing in, in uh, BVS.
0: And that's what I've heard.
2: She really is. I mean, the audience just erupted into cheers when she showed up, uh, probably because, hey, now we get some action. OK, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm done being mean. Uh, but I think the problem with uh, ba- Batman versus Superman is that you look at the title, Batman Versus Superman, okay, we're all waiting for this confrontation to finally happen, and we get like almost two hours of nothing, not even a buildup to finally reach that point where the two of them are going to go head-to-head against each other, But you lo- and, and, and you're talking about two characters who really don't know each other, and that's what makes Civil War I think such a stronger film because these are people who all – Knew each other. They were all friends. They were family for each other where they didn't have any family whatsoever. And Zemo was able to come right in there and erode all of those relations. So even before they come to blows, we, the audience, are watching these relationships completely decay. Yep. And it builds on the anticipation and the tension to the point where when they finally have that scene at the airport where they're running towards each other. All you can do is just sit back in the audience and say, oh, boy, the balloon has just gone up.
0: Yeah, and, and they even incorporate that when Hawkeye and Black Widow are fighting.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And
0: she's like, are we still friends?
2: I know. You know. And that has so much personal weight when you see the inter- – I mean it's cute when you see it in the trailer. Oh, that's funny. But when you watch the movie and see those relationships completely break down. And then they come to fight, come to fighting.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know their history.
2: Yeah. Too. I mean I have no love for hero versus hero fights. I, I don't care for them. But this was such an interesting psychological study that I couldn't help but be along for the ride.
0: I, I tend to agree on that one. And, and was there anything you weren't thrilled with with the movie oh. with Civil War?
2: Man, you know um, uh, I, I, that's kind of hard to say because you know, I we've only watched it the one time, so I'm still kind of riding that euphoric ride at this
1: point. The only the only thing that uh, that I could th- found fault with the movie is the very beginning, is the use oh. of the vomit cam. Oh, Jesus.
2: Well, actually, you know <laughs> I I do have something. Now that you mentioned, we talked about this in the car on the way back, and that is I took enormous exception with the excuses for the Savokian Accord so, Sokovian, excuse me, the Sokovian Accord. Uh, one of the problems that I had was when they started showing the footage of why people are scared. I mean first they showed what happens in Manhattan with the alien attack. Then they showed what happened in Washington DC. Then they showed what happened in Johannesburg. And okay, Johannesburg, I'm going to put that I'm I'll lay that one at the feet of Scarlet Witch because she did that. Meaning Lagos. Yes. No, well, she did that in, Lagos too, but yeah, she unleashed the Hulk.
1: Right, right, right.
2: In Johannesburg in Age of Ultron. And then and then and then okay, Sokovia, but that was Ultron. Okay, I'll lay that one at the feet of uh a Tony because that was Tony's doing. Yes. By creating Ultron, but at least with the first two, let's look at what happened. I mean, Manhattan That was an alien invasion that was going to do far more worse damage if the Avengers had not been there to stop it. DC, let's look at what would have happened had the helicarriers not fired on each other. What kind of carnage would they have created had HYDRA's plan gone through?
0: And what I think could have solved a lot of these issues is had they mentioned or worked into the script something about escalation. Because essentially what we're seeing is when you get a more advanced protection system, your enemies build more advanced weapons.
1: Yeah, and that's what Vision said. Yeah, Vision kind of makes that equation.
2: Uh, But at the same time, uh, they touch on that in Winter Soldier too. Uh, Nick Fury, when he's trying to see where where Cap's loyalties lie – as he's showing him this entire arsenal, uh, this fleet of helicarriers. I mean, he's, he says, you know, we take the world for what it is, and you know, Iron Man Two talks about it too. That now, you know, with the presence of the with the superpowered suit, now you've got all these other threats that are coming up. Uh, but you're right, Vision. He sums it all up with yeah. all of that. So it it, it does come to be. A, a, it's a very uh, touchy subject. I don't think there's a single right or wrong on it. But I reject wholeheartedly uh, Ross's assertion that what happened in Manhattan and, uh, again, what happened in D.C. is the fault, the fault of the superheroes.
1: But it's typical knee-jerk political reactions. It
2: is. But I would have liked for there to have been some kind of pushback
1: on that, and there
2: wasn't any. But – have you by chance um, have you seen some of the viral news segments that Marvel put out uh, starting about two weeks ago, leading up to the release of Civil War? A few. I we put them all on our website tggeeks.com. You can easily see it there. But you know, and they they got back uh, the actress who played uh, Christine Everhart from the first Iron Man film. She's she's there at, at the as the news anchor for W H I H News. And there's all this discussion between her and her news, ang- her, her co-host about what kind of role do the Avengers play. So it was nice, at least during these little news videos that Marvel released, that they could argue the other side, that the Avengers actually did a far greater good by being there to stop what could have been a much greater disaster, uh, had they not been there at all. And I just wish I would have liked to have seen that in the film. That is probably my biggest complaint.
0: A little more of the other side of the argument.
2: Yeah, and we didn't get any of that. I mean, I was very distressed that uh, Steve just, you know, he when when they showed him Lagos, he just shut down. He completely shut down, and and. Uh, didn't even try to, I mean, obviously, I, I don't see why he would want to justify that. I mean, that was a horrible miscalculation. It was an accident, yes. It was not something that the Avengers meant to do. Uh, You know, the, they, I don't think that they feel uh, a complete lack of empathy for what had happened. So to paint them as unsympathetic, I, again, I thought was a little unfair. So I, I don't agree with everything that that ross had to say that's that's my one big issue i mean i i would have liked to have seen the other argument the other side of the argument that's all
0: and i to get on what i would have liked to have seen i personally i would have liked to have seen somebody die
2: yeah we didn't get any deaths i was shocked
0: like okay uh Rhodey got injured.
2: Yeah, and but, the tra- just made it look like that Rhodey died.
0: Yeah, and I would have – honestly, I would have preferred to see – to have him die because then that gives extra motivation for Iron Man to not be willing to give Captain America and Bucky a chance to just be angry and vengeful. And also in conjunction with the comic books, I would have liked to have seen – to see Steve Rogers die.
2: Yeah, I mean I part of me is actually glad he didn't because uh, Captain America, of the cinematic films so far, Captain America is my favorite of the bunch, although I have a funny feeling he's about to be replaced come November because um, I'm a huge Doctor Strange fan. Uh, but nonetheless, I love what Chris Evans has done with the character, how he's managed to completely bring him to life and uh which is a tough thing to do because Captain America is a boy scout
0: well, and and I totally agree, however, when they were originally planning civil war,
2: yeah yeah it was he, he was, was originally <laughs> he was going to die, and Bucky was going to become the new captain america
0: and so Sebastian Stan had signed on. For nine movies, and oh, still is. Lord. He's
2: got six more films in his contract.
0: <laughs> which I now think he, uh, I think he's going to play a pivotal role in the Black Panther movie. I do too. Yeah.
2: I think he's going to show up at the, at a very key moment, which might exonerate him.
0: I hope so. He kind of needs it.
2: Which mm, so, big and, time, yeah. Yeah, and then we've got uh, the two Affinity Infinity War films. So there's three. We need three more. Mm. Mm, I
0: and so maybe maybe it's he gets exonerated in Black Panther Steve dies in Infinity Wars part I'm, 1
2: I hope not his uh-huh. death would have had more meaning if it had been in Civil War Yes it would have had more weight it would have added a lot more weight to the film
0: and there was no there was no Steve surrendering Steve doing the having the the you know the come to jesus moment where he's like we're causing all this destruction this is exactly what we want to fight against you know this is we we started the avengers to not cause all this chaos and now here we are doing it like in the comics and i just didn't i didn't see that that part being there
2: no they gave that to black widow
0: yeah well and she even didn't she even didn't exemplify that because she was just like you're not going to stop, are you? And he was like, no. So she essentially just said, well, I'm not going to fight you if you're never going to stop. So I'm just going to help you. And hopefully this will get resolved sooner or later.
2: Well, you know, yeah. I mean, I I think, yeah, I, I sort of agree with that. Uh, she was, I, I think she saw the bigger picture as well. And that all of this fighting was completely unnecessary, especially if, um, Cap's allegations are were correct, which it turned out they were. That the whole thing was a setup against Bucky. Uh, she was she was swayed, and and I think maybe she did see. I mean, gosh, what they were doing to the Berlin Airport was kind of sad. Uh, Leipzig, yeah, Leipzig? yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay, I'll give you that. But
1: anyway, anyway.
0: <laughs> Overall, I give I give the movie. Uh, that's say five out of five winter soldiers
2: yeah wow i i gave it an a plus plus yeah because i i thought it was just such an amazing amazing movie how they were able to go much further than i ever dreamed possible and as as bleak as an ending as it was there was still a sense of um It didn't leave me on a down note. I mean, some critics are saying that is one of the most depressing endings I've ever watched. I don't think so.
0: Yeah, I didn't think so. I would have liked when I would have liked when Tony Stark went to visit Hawkeye or, I'm sorry, Falcon Mm -hmm. had someone said something about not having any lawyers, not having due process because I think that's a very big part of the conversation and that's a very big part about why captain America in the comics wasn't like opposed the registration act.
2: Right. Well, you kind of get the feeling that, I mean, it's not said, but it's sort of implied. That's yeah. why he decided not to go along with Tony in the movie because he saw what they were doing to Wanda. She was basically, uh, under house arrest.
0: I do have to, I, uh, gosh i love the movie so much i could just talk to you guys all day about it
1: yeah yeah we have to you have to tell us to shut up i know talk forever i know
0: (laughs) i did want to say uh because this is a nerd and fitness podcast sure the scene where chris evans is running after bucky and bucky gets in the helicopter
2: oh my oh my god God. yeah and (laughs) he's biceps. (laughs) Biceps. <laughs>
0: I was like, that that is reminiscent of the first days of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Like, I was like, wow. Exactly. Chris Evans did some work.
2: He did some serious work. I mean, he he admits that in order to get that physique, and, and I I like to watch First Avenger a lot. I like to go back to it. And that scene where they first open up the tank that he's in, and you see those pecs. That are, I mean, it's like thank God I didn't see this movie in 3D because it would have poked my eye out. (laughs) Um, It's just like astonishing, and yet, you know, Chris has to work like a maniac to get that physique every time he's stepping into the role of of Steve Rogers, as opposed to Chris Hemsworth, whose body looks
1: like that by birth.
2: That's just mean.
1: Yes, it is. (laughs) You should see us we we have it takes i i always like to say that it takes a lot of work to keep up this physique right a lot of yeah. a, lot, a lot of <laughs> and and i do, i do
2: not have washboard abs i have a washing machine ab
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're we're uh, a little older and uh, we we don't work out very often now Well, we do
2: walk but so we like to keep we like do, to keep the, we like we to keep the muscles moving and and keep the the joints greased.
1: Yeah.
0: Of course, that's I mean, I th- what what I've noticed even yes, we've discussed that I'm relatively young, but even as I've gotten older from older. Oh, stop. Well, no, no, no. Like com- where I am right now as c- compared to where I was 10 years ago when I was 21. Now I'm 31. Even I can't do the same things I was doing. So, yes. For different people and at different ages, you need to do different levels of physical activity, right? And you have to change those. To what was that?
2: It's good to remain active, nonetheless. Oh, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And we need to. I, I always, you know, thought that when somebody said they said, "Eat more and move less," and and then I realized, no. it, it's like strike eat, that, reverse eat it, eat less, move, move more.
2: more. Yeah. <laughs> Darn! Oh, there's that. Oh, dang it! There's that stupid Slidexia striking in again.
1: <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So we we don't we don't do a lot of physical exercise. We do have a treadmill. It it, it has in the last six months has become a storage unit. But uh, we we do we did use it for a while, and you know since the weather is beginning to get a little warmer here might have to we'll probably have to grease it
2: up and start firing it up again (laughs) yeah
1: but uh we do try to walk a little bit and we've got a thing at at work uh, it's a big corporate thing is move in may you know so okay but we're trying to do a little bit more of that and and we do need to do some more exercise i certainly do because i'm I'm diabetic, and
2: yeah, I, I need I need to do some too because I, I also have um I have I have uh, high blood pressure and genetically high cholesterol, which is maintained through medicine, but being physically active would assist in that as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and either in regards to being active or in regards to uh, the Two Gay Geeks podcast or website. Do you guys have a mantra or a motto that helps keep you on task or accomplish a goal?
1: Hmm. Maybe I, we should. Maybe we should. <laughs> you no, know, it it sometimes the we get. Well, I, I get a little apathetic sometimes whenever we don't see much traffic on the website, and so I, it's the show every week that kind of motivates me to put it together and and do the. Uh, technical piece while he is the big nerd of you know making the articles and what whatnot like that so yeah
2: i'm the nerdy big mouth yeah but
1: (laughs) you name it we talk about it to try to come up with some interesting stuff to talk about each week is kind of the motivator
2: yeah but uh so
1: that it doesn't become a grind you know Yeah, yeah
2: but but as far as um some kind of mantra that we can use in order to stay on on target for stay on target yeah well you know that's actually not a bad um a bad little mantra i mean take it right out of star wars stay you know the target being uh, it it may not be a target weight i mean although a target weight can be very good uh the, the target could simply be just getting out and doing a walk
1: Oh, no, you're yeah. still talking about that? Yes, I am. Oh. <laughs> well,
2: it could be. It could be. Stay on target could be the mantra. You know, okay, that's me saying, get up and go. You know, go out and do. Walk around the complex.
0: Yeah, it's stay on target could mean okay, you have this goal of being more active. So staying on target means getting up and walking around.
2: Right. Or, exactly.
0: That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. Now, so we talked. Two Gay Geeks, we talked Civil War. Is there any nerdy thing or anything in general that both of you or either of you are into that others may find surprising?
2: Independent films? films. I'm not joking. There is some phenomenal content out there. Uh, uh, Phoenix Comic Con will be hosting the world premiere for a phenomenal science fiction horror film called Occupants. Um, And that plus so many other independent films that we've seen and independent web series, it shows that there is such an enormous amount of talent out there, yeah. whether it's in feature-length film form or in short film form. Yeah. There is such great stuff out there. Uh, a lot of people think independent film, who's going to watch that? Oh, big deal. You know what? There's some great stuff there because there is some. there are some really genius creators that are out there and – the only reason nobody knows about them is because no one's giving them a break.
0: Well, and I, I am on the Phoenix comic con website right now. And there are three movie screenings on the first page that I can't wait to see. And I'm assuming, uh, two of them are independent, but one is loving the time of monsters. That looks absolutely hysterical. And then right up my alley, uh, A movie called Dudes and Dragons, Uh and then and then they're also doing a screening of Labyrinth, which I'm just rest in peace Bowie. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So, is that some of the stuff you guys are looking forward to the most at Phoenix Comic Con?
1: Uh, Um, A little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah,
2: really a little bit of everything. Uh, This one
1: will be our third, fourth, 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 I think. And the first time around was with. Slice was with sci yeah. And the second time was that was with that some. Was, that, was that, no, was, that, was that was no, was no baggage, baggage before we started yeah. this, and then we had last year and then this year. So we're really kind of hitting our stride on really being excited about it and doing something. And we're going to be there for all four days. We're going to check into the hotel Wednesday night, and so we'll be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and check out of the hotel on Monday and we're going to have our studio set up in the room and we'll have our guerrilla interviews so we're really looking forward to talking to some people yeah whether it's guests or guests shall we say
2: <laughs> i mean i i'm hoping to like for example uh when you know the celebrities have what they call handlers that Comic-Con assigns them which i really really resent um, and I'm hoping that when a handler isn't really paying attention, that I can say to Alex Kingston, that
1: hey, we would really want to interview you. Can yeah. we work this out? You know yeah. that, uh, you yeah, or, or even people that are there for you
2: know, you know, various. Yeah, I mean, whether they are authors or if they are some sort of they're 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 there to peddle their wares, whatever it is. I mean, we are going to have uh, a nice interview with Russ Emanuel. He is the director for Occupants. Uh, that will be in our little hotel room slash studio. So I, I'm really excited about having a sit down with him, uh, and just just the opportunity to really explore Comic Con for the entire time that we're going to be there. I, I think this one's going to be probably the the best Comic Con experience we've ever had.
0: Oh yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I know we're going to be there for the website. Uh, and the podcast and hopefully after this i'm going to ask you guys a few questions maybe you know how to navigate the interview process a little bit more if there's a way to contact some of the guests and <laughs> set up <laughs> interview times
1: <laughs> yeah you, you <laughs> hear the chuckling you're no. funny <laughs> uh, we're we're having difficulties there uh, one of the things that we have we'll we'll take that off Both, we'll talk about that you can edit this out <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Okay. And what is it you're looking forward to the most? Just the independent films or Alex Kingston? Oh,
2: man, you know, it's it's just so hard to say because this is the biggest Comic-Con I think Phoenix has had yet. Yes. Yeah, it's just it's just so much
1: I'm excited there. for everything, I think.
2: I mean, I you know, and this is going to sound silly, but I know that there's always one night during the con that Genie has a big dinner get-together. I always enjoy those. Oh,
0: yeah. She does that a lot for San Diego too.
2: So I'm looking forward to that too.
0: Excellent. I know I'm actually really looking forward. James Marsters is going to be there. Oh,
2: yeah. he'll be he'll be outrageous. And
0: yeah. I actually love to talk to him more about his band, Ghost of the Robot.
2: Yeah, I get.
0: Um, and also, uh, speaking of getting back to our old high school days, I actually sang his song from the Buffy musical oh. um, as an audition for choir.
1: Oh, my gosh. Oh, um,
2: far out. And then I didn't
0: get into the choir, but it was not because of the song choice. It was because I can't sing.
1: Oh, well. Well, <laughs> yeah, there's that. I, <laughs> you
0: know.
2: I, I w- w- When we had a chance to interview Gareth David Lloyd, I asked him about his little band. He has a prog metal band. And um, I would not use anything that he, he sings because it's more like,
0: <laughs> I was
2: like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that.
0: <laughs> That's funny. And so getting, I've kept you guys for long enough, getting into a little bit of our wrap up. Do you have any a go-to nerd resource or app that helps you stay nerdy stay up with nerdy events news anything like that
1: yeah it's called an rss feed yeah <laughs> rss and and i i have an imdb pro account so oh okay i i put the money out for that and as well as a couple of other things that we just kind of you know look at
2: uh, we look at the, all the trade magazines yeah, that get printed
1: yeah comicbook.com
2: but we, we we also it also gives us access to like um a hollywood reporter variety those kinds of magazines, and they're really big on trying to put out uh, the latest or the, the hottest news possible. So we're always trying to look at that to see if there's anything just really exciting. I mean, there are times where it's really hot, and there are times where it's a big dry spell. And right now, we're actually in a dry spell because everybody's talking about Civil War. Yeah. So there's nothing new that everybody's kind of really hyping on.
0: Well, I know you guys have been talking a lot about how excited you are for Ready Player One. You were oh reading my, my mind. I was about
2: to mention that. I love that book and cannot wait for that movie.
1: Yeah, and we, we also tried to... We, tried to get the author. Yeah, but they turned us down as well as several he others. Well, he's busy. I'll yeah, give him that. He's insanely busy.
0: Based on his... Like, Ready Player One was his first novel. Right. As soon as that came out, somebody offered him... A multi book deal, and then I think for Ready Player One and his next like three novels, he already has film rights for.
2: He sold the film rights to um, Armada, yeah, to Universal for seven figures. And Armada wasn't that good. I haven't read it yet. We haven't read that one. No, I haven't gotten to it yet. I'm you know, because I'm right now in the middle of Genie's book. Um, man, that's that, that's depressing.
0: It's in a very similar vein to Ready Player One.
2: That's kind of what I thought based on the synopsis.
0: With Ready Player One, all the pop culture references Mm -hmm. made sense.
2: Yeah, yeah, they did.
0: Armada, it's very, very forced. Really? And so I didn't love it as much. And actually, Uh... some some of my criticisms of Armada... Uh, were the same that a buddy of mine had for Ready Player One. But I thought Ready Player One was well-written, had great character development, and it just incorporated all these references seamlessly.
2: You know, it it Mm. may be, and I hate to say that he's a one-hit wonder, but this might be the same thing that uh, we saw with Sixth Sense. Yes. Where, uh, you know, everybody was expecting... The next movie and the movies after that to have
1: and, that huge MacGuffin. And and then there's, uh, he, he became Shamalama Ding Dong. Shamalama
2: Ding Dong, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, and, and I kind
2: of wonder if because everybody was just so, you know, ape over what he was able to do with Ready Player One that maybe he tried to shoehorn all that into Armada, which, yeah. with, with, you know, that's putting the cart before the horse and that's never a good idea. Only do it if it works naturally. Don't force it.
0: Yeah. But, uh, Honestly, I still enjoyed the book, and I did get through it relatively quickly, which is usually yeah. hard for me. I'm a very slow reader. So that being said, people can do without what they will. Mm. Now, uh, where can people get in contact with you? Where can they connect with you online? On the interwebbies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on the intertubes. On the intertubes, yes. TGGeeks.com. And we are also on Twitter as – uh the two gay geeks and
2: as tg geeks
1: and i think that with tg squared and tg squared
2: studios, studios yeah. and
1: that's tg two studios yeah
2: tg number two studios
1: and we're on facebook and facebook yes as uh, tg squared studios or and, tg geeks webcast
2: and we are also on google plus
1: yes
0: yes that was yes. i'm i'm also on google plus i don't think i have any followers
1: <laughs> Does anybody have any followers? No, we, I don't think so. We we have we have a Google Plus account so that we can have the a YouTube. YouTube channel. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and we're, we're Actually, yeah, content there. We're post all the content on Google Plus. Does anybody follow us? Yeah, one person, me. <laughs>
1: followers, <laughs> but it's mostly on Facebook and and the website. Right.
0: Yeah. And what parting advice do you have for everyone out there listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast?
1: Keep nerding out. Stay geeky, my friends. Yes.
0: (laughs) Excellent. Thank you, gentlemen, so much.
2: Our pleasure. Yep.
0: And for everyone else out there listening, thank you again for listening to the Dumbbells and Dragons podcast. If you'd like, you can always follow us on Twitter at DumbbellsDragon facebook dumbbells and dragons and please itunes rate review us uh, subscribe that does help us a whole lot we really do appreciate it and until next time workout nerd out as always please subscribe and rate us on itunes send me an email at ken at dumbbellsanddragons.com connect with us on facebook and instagram at dumbbells and dragons Connect with us on Twitter, at DumbbellsDragon. Also, our theme song, Roll a D6 by Assorted Intricacies, can be found on iTunes, or you can listen to it on YouTube now.